listening to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. I think that we sometimes lose that as after we become adults and stuff, but our kids are such great models of that. This is what that looks like. Come and snuggle. This is what God is saying. Snuggle with me. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, welcome to this week's show. I am so glad that you are joining us. And we have a very special episode for you as I am joined by my very good friends, Sandy Ramsey Travick, Cassandra Kemp, and Lori Chapman. And these amazing women are going to be joining me at different times all throughout the year. And we will have conversations on topics related to the special needs journey. Now, if you have been part of By the Brook for the past few years, then you already know them. But for those who haven't met them yet, here's just a little bit about each one of them. Cassandra and her husband, Randall, have been married for 18 years, and they are the parents of three children with special needs, one biological son, Joseph, and two adoptive daughters, Juliana and Gabriella. They have been on the special needs journey for 13 years, and Randall and Cassandra both work for Mercy Road, which is a nonprofit faith-based organization that exists to extend mercy to those in need and includes an inspiring day program for adults with disabilities. Cassandra is also a certified home stager and home stylist, and she loves creating endearing spaces for her clients. Cassandra, I would love to be a client, so maybe you can come to Cookville and create a great space for me in my home. My friend Sandy has been married to her husband, Terry, for 33 years, and they are parents to three young adults. Their 25-year-old son was classified as multiply disabled as a toddler. Currently, Sandy works as a life and marriage coach to other special needs parents, and she also leads one of our Rising Above community groups. My friend Lori is married to Steve Chapman from our team here at Rising Above, and they have been married for 26 years and have five children and four grandchildren and one cat. Lori's 20 and 21-year-old daughters have Down syndrome, and she currently spends her days trusting Jesus to give her the strength to chase the baby granddaughter around while managing all of the family's schedules and meals and moods. Now, in this first conversation, we chatted about ways that we can put rhythms and practices in our lives to create space for soul care and how we as special needs families can create moments throughout the day for our family to focus on God even in the chaos of our daily lives. I know that you will be encouraged by what my friends had to say in this first conversation. So here are my friends, Lori Chapman, Sandy Ramsey Travick, and Cassandra Kemp. Hey friends, I'm so glad to see you. Hi. Hey, Becky. Hi. Good to be here. Hello, nice to see you. Yes. Happy New Year, yes. Yes, Happy New Year. I, you know... You guys, I'm so glad that you agreed to be part of this group of women, Lori Chapman, Sandy Ramsey Travick, Cassandra Kemp, and you guys have agreed to several times throughout this year, join with me here on the podcast to have conversations about just different topics related to life, to being special needs parents, just whatever comes up. We're just going to kind of see where we are led this year, but I think Um, These are going to be so encouraging to our listeners, and I couldn't have picked 
anybody better. You guys are going to just be, I just love this group and I'm grateful for you. So thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us, Becky. So, okay, we're already at the end of January. What happened? I mean, it's already here at the end of the month of the first month of 2024. And my goodness, time flies so quickly. And, you know, I don't know about you, but so often when I'm going into a new year, I just kind of blast from one year to the next without much thought. I will say that's how it's been in the past. But the last two years, I've kind of tried to shift that up a little bit and not just zoom from one year into the next. So what about you all? Do you typically just like, nope, it's end of one year going to the next? Or do you take time to like kind of take a review and look back over the year? What does that look like for you? Sandy? You know, uh, for this year, for me, excuse me, I think for the first time, I felt more of a transition from one year to the next. And I think that's because the things that were important for me, the priorities that I had in 2023, they didn't stop on December 31st. They just kind of transitioned. And so I followed them. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. There was a little bit of a break, you know, to celebrate Christmas and stuff, family and all that thing. There was kind of a break in between. Um, but it didn't feel like it usually does when we're getting close to January 1st. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, now a new year is starting and, and what are my goals going to be? And what are my priorities going to be? This year, it was a transition. And so it was a lot more peaceful for me mm. to not, um, because in the past it has felt a little bit artificial. And so this year for me, I guess I was fortunate in that, I just followed the wave, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Cassandra, what about you? Yeah, mine's similar uh, to what Sandy just said. Certainly feels more peaceful with this year, this new year coming. And I think it has to do with maybe just anticipation about uh, what God is doing. There's been a lot of hard uh, over the past year, but in 2023, I feel like God was doing some deep work. Um, we talked about that at, at By the Brook, uh, some deep work and some, some healing. So I think there's excitement about seeing how God is going to continue to be who he is in our life this year, but not necessarily making a list of things and goals. I think that's important and I would love to do that. But with just the chaos and busyness of life, I didn't take the opportunity to do that. I hope I will. Uh, but all that to say, it just it just seemed to flow from 2023 to 2024 with not mm-hmm. uh, so much focus on preparing very specifically for the new year, if that makes any sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Lori, I think you and I have been kind of on the same path together. We live in the same town. We're friends. We, you know, we are together quite a bit. We go to church together. And so I think you and I kind of did a little bit of the similar thing this year. Tell tell us about your transition into this new year. Well, to answer the question, you know, like what what do we usually do? What does that usually look like? I don't think I've ever really had like a set thing of how I approach the new year, at least in a <laughs> in a spiritual way. 
maybe I am a list maker and I tend to be like, okay, this is what I need to fix. And if I could do this and this and this. And so it's a new year and it's going to be probably going at it, uh, not probably, but for sure going at it, um, not from a good perspective, you know, not from the posture of offering it to the Lord. And so going into this year, and I really didn't think about it until after, after the new year, you know, the official new year. But in the weeks up, um, up to the new year, kind of through the Advent season, through Christmas, I, I looked back at some journaling and realized I was kind of preparing in reflecting, you know, like reflecting back over the year and started kind of praying over each person in our family even before the turn of the new year. And it ended up being a really beautiful thing because as the new year came and all that pressure of new year's resolutions and all that, I didn't really, I felt very released not to feel like I needed to make resolutions, just offering it to the Lord and, and trying to do the opposite of instead of making my plans and making my list of just kind of just having my hands open and being like, I really want the, you know, what are you, what do you want, Lord? Like, I want the things that I have learned through 2023 of abiding in Christ and Christ in me. And then taking that into the new year this year is mm-hmm. kind of, unfortunately, a new thing. And I say, unfortunately, because uh, sometimes I struggle with the layer of how are you just now getting this at your age? <laughs> uh having been a Christian for so many years. But you know what? Today, today, and this is where I'm at, and just offering it to the Lord. And what does He want in 2024 versus my default of I'm going to make my plans Mm -hmm. and invite Him in? Get completely backwards. So going into this new year, um, it's kind of exciting to have flipped that to be like, you know, hands open. What are you going to do? And that's what I want to do. Lori, that's so good. So good. Sandy, go ahead. You know, as I'm listening to Lori, I'm, 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 I'm kind of thinking about how I've approached the new year in the past. And, and one of the things that our church has always done at the start of the year was to have a, a beginning of the year time of fasting and prayer to seek the Lord for um, his plans, his purposes for each of us for the year and to, to, to reignite, I guess, the connection with the Lord um, so that we could start the year from a place of consecration and a place of being able to hear from the Lord and with the relationship with him as the focus. And so we've done that in addition to um, smart goals, you guys, the smart goals, specific, measurable, blah, 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 kind of all of that. And so my pastor is very kind of organizational minded. And so we always did that every year, smart goals for the year as we're praying. Um, last year though, because I knew that at the end of every year, I would look at my, oh my gosh, I would look at my smart goals and realize that I had not accomplished a lot of them because even though we had done the fasting and praying, the pressure to have goals for the year um, meant that a lot of them were Sandy's ideas and not mm-hmm. God's plans. And so what I tried in 2023 was what I called kind of rolling goals. And so I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do for the first quarter, January, February, March? 
what are your priorities for January, February, March? And I'd kind of write those down, what I felt like the Lord, what I was hearing. Um, and then at the beginning of every month, the first week of every month, I did my own fasting and praying to make sure that these were really God's plans and to c- correct me if I thought I heard something and I decided to take the ball and run with it by myself. Okay, God, I got a word. I'm going to go and do this thing myself so that he would have time to redirect, pull stuff off, um, and trying to establish regular times of connection with him. Um, Mm -hmm. And in the process of this year, you asked kind of, do you look back at your year and kind of do a year in review What I have found to have been one of the benefits of this practice, even if I didn't get all the things done, I still didn't. Um, But I found that the Lord processed things with me in real time. And so I I would have an experience um, and he would sit me down to say, look at how I showed up here. What What are you learning about me in this process? What are you learning about the way that I work? What are you learning about yourself kind of in this process? And so I feel like I've had so many instances of God showing me where he was at work in a situation where in the past I might have overlooked it, showing me how he works behind the scenes, you know, that when I pray that I need to expect that he's working behind the scenes. See how you got all wrought up there, Sandy. You didn't trust I was working. So he was helping me to review with him in real time. This is what I'm doing. Pay attention to what I'm doing, Sandy, and pay attention to how you're responding to situations when you're out of faith. And, and so I feel like this whole year, the Lord has been downloading. This is how I work. This is how I work. And this is how you can see me at work in ways that maybe I haven't before. And so I feel so comfortable with this transition because, Laura, you were saying, how can you be a Christian so long and this just now be? And I'm like, how can I have been a follower of Christ, a believer for so long? And God is telling me this, Sandy, this is how I work, (laughs) you know? And so I feel so good because... We're learning. I'm just like, so Mm -hmm. God has said, now is the time. For whatever reason, now is the time. You're ready now in this Mm -hmm. season to go to this next level of understanding of me. So it's been such a, it's been a, you know, a harried year, but I feel like I've learned so much more about him and me and him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think as, you know, special needs parents, you know, we just, we're, we have so much going on all the time and it's really hard to stop and really reflect and, um, look, look back and look forward. Sometimes we, you know, we're doing all we can just to keep the, all the plates spinning that are spinning. But I think, uh, one of the things I've learned is just how critical it is to do this, just to like, so for me, like this was the second year that I, I just kind of stopped at the, at the turn of the year and I did a replay and it was like, okay, God, where were you working this last year? What, where did I, where did I get it right? What are things that I wish I'd done differently? Um, and just looking back, where did I see God show up 
if there are there things I need to to really sit and look at and go, oh, I really want to do this piece differently next year or going into this new year. And I have found it like very freeing because I think we're so scattered so often with all the things that we have going on. And for me, it is so helpful to take that time to just sit and be still and to to go back and look and see where God truly was. And Sandy, I think you have a system that's even more uh, organized than what I, you know, what I've been doing. So I'm, I'm grateful to hear about what you do um, to get in to, to that in the new year. Um, so, you know, we kind of talk about looking at the year past, but when we're going into the, to the new year, you know, Sandy, you use the word consecrate. And that is a word that I've, you know, that I've been using a lot lately about consecrating our years, year and or consecrating our day. I mean, pretty like this morning I got up and I was like, Lord, consecrate this day to you. And, and basically that's a, that's a word that means to set apart for God. You know, we're taking these, our calendar, we're taking our year, we're taking our day, our home, whatever it is. We, we did this at the office at the beginning of the year here at Rising Above, we had a time of prayer and we consecrated our year here at Rising Above to God, setting it apart, especially for Him. And so how do you do, do you set something that you do? And if you do, how do you go about doing that? I will say that the past year or so, and Becky, we've talked about this, um, the Resilient book uh, by John Eldredge, app, mm, you know, yes. and it's this constant reminder to surrender everything to the Lord. It's the, the speculation that that mm. one resonates with me so much, right? The worry and the speculation. Um, it's really reminding myself, well, Lord, you have been faithful in all these things, all these details, uh, these things that I feared or didn't un- understand what to do. Uh, you were faithful then. So it's a matter of just being intentional with the day at the moment and just saying, Lord, God, I don't have the answer or this is what's coming up, Father, this conversation I have to have, this appointment that we're going to um, and just inviting him into it. And again, surrendering my will and my thoughts and how I feel about it to him. And he, he really is, he is so faithful. And I just, get excited about how he really truly wants this intimacy with his kids. Like he really wants us to bring all the stuff that we, we don't like and the things that we um, we're, we're not sure about and, and just really release it to him. So I'm saying that that app and just that practice has, has changed my life. Um, and I praise God for that. And I, I believe it really is going to continue to, to, to change my life and just my approach to things and a leader that I'm working with right now um, in a nonprofit, he, he uses a phrase, holiness of action. And he prays and he's like, Lord, you know, there's certain opportunities that you bring to us and there, there's a holiness of action. So there is a certain time where you do want things to be done. And he's like, help us to stay on that path, right? Help us to only focus on those things that need to be done right now, not go before you, but not lag behind you. Uh, so I think, just being mindful of all those things and, and trying to implement that in the way that we approach everything in our life. 
uh, as far as like mm-hmm. consecrating, we were talking about consecrating a uh, new year. That's not uh, something I've ever done, like intentionally done. Um, but going into this this new year, I listened, and you referred Cassandra to uh, the the John Eldridge mm-hmm. restaurant, the his app, the Pause app, and all that. But I listened to a podcast, and it was about this very thing about consecrating your your year as you walk into it and not go into it blasting in with all your plans but to um to really practically give it to god um and one of the one of the things that stuck with me was only you and what you are doing god and so for the first time this year i like i like i like a list i like a plan um brings me comfort so the idea of practically consecrating our home and our year really, really rang, rang true for me. And so I did for the first time. I even printed off some prayers of consecrate of consecration and then went through every room of our home this year, praying over each, each person's bed in their room, just giving it to the Lord, you know, only you and what you are doing for this, for this child, for my spouse, for our family as a whole. Um, it was a really beautiful time. And anyway, so it's not something I've ever done, but I did it this year and I'm, I'm so glad it was so encouraging. And just to, to, to set our year, Mm. you know, in him and what he wants to do. I I love that that stood out to you because that, that statement to father, God, only you and what you are doing. And I've got it written over here on my office and I have it in my planner. When I open up my planner, it's right there. Like, I don't want, I I don't, none of us have time to waste doing things that are not of God. If we're trying to do things that are not of God, we're going to be hitting our head against the wall. It is not, and that even applies, like when we're looking at our kids Mm -hmm. to therapies and treatments and things that we're doing. I mean, I know there have been so many things that have like have come across my path. I'm like, oh, I've got to try this. I've got to do this. But it wasn't it wasn't God's best for John Alex. It wasn't his highest for him. And we ended up wasting time, wasting resources, wasting, you know, finances on something that was not what was God's best for our family. And so, you know, when we stop and we say, no, Lord, only you and what you're doing. You know what's best for our family. You know what's best for our kids. Then we, as special needs parents, can have some peace in our life, you know, from knowing that, you know, sometimes things don't work out the way we want them to or the way we think that they should go. But in reality, that may be God just protecting us from something that we didn't need to be a part of anyway. And so when I think when we've started off our year, or start it off the day, or start it off the month. However, you do, you know you do it throughout, consecrating that to God. Then, when things happen and change, then we can go. All right, God. Yes, we're going to go with this because we trust you. Mm-hmm. Anybody else have anything to say about that? As you were talking about that, I was just thinking it gives us um, the sense of relief. Because it's like, I've released that. I've surrendered that to the Lord. So it's this trust now. It's, okay, Lord, I have taken this situation and I've presented it before you. So the pressure 
that we create for ourselves, I'm saying that we create for ourselves, I feel like it helps to take that pressure off. Um, And then it reminds me of abiding when the Lord told us to abide in him. And that's exactly what we're doing when we bring those things very specifically to him and say, only only what you want to accomplish here, Lord. So I think we become anxious and we um, look around us and we're trying to figure things out. But when we take the time to give that to him like that, it it really helps us to rest. Um, you know, I'm also thinking too that um, it gives us an opportunity to rest and it gives us the opportunity to hear from the Lord. Now, these are my plans. You know, I think, Becky, I mentioned this to you before. There was a time when I was, um, I don't know, writing about something and I said something, uh, I wrote something like, um, and I know that God has plans for Miles because, of course, he has plans for all of his children. And he interrupted me and he said, do you really believe that I have a plan for Miles? He said, because if you believe that I had a plan for him, you might be approaching this differently. And he kind of brought to my mind the way that Terry and I um, Um, with our daughters, for example, when it came time for college and stuff, I mean, we fasted and prayed, we pressed in to understand, Lord, what are your plans for them for college? Help to impress upon their hearts what your plans are so that they want to do the things, God, that you have for them. And when both of them went to college, for example, we knew that we knew that we knew that they were going where God wanted for them to be. And they knew they had the peace of God and knowing that they were in God's plans. He said, do you pray like that for miles? And Mm -hmm. what I recognized was, while I do pray for him, what I tend to do is sense, Lord, this is what you want me to do. And then I run and I do it because I know how to do this special needs mom thing. You know, I know the box, the checks, I know the things. I know how to get the things done. And he told us, stop. Because your plans for Miles will not take Miles where I have for him. And I have a place for him that I'm taking him. He is becoming who I created him to be. My plans get him there. Your plans don't. And so what Terry and I have started doing is um, seeking the Lord for his vision and his plan for Miles. Just kind of stopping all the things, you know, you know, this is... I said I'm throwing stuff against the wall because one of the things the Lord showed us was he needs exposure. There's more to him than you guys give him credit for. Let him try new things. Okay. We're trying all kinds of things. We put together a vision board for him after prayer. This is what we sense God saying about Miles. Put the board up and we realize that um, our, our perspective for him was like this. We were seeing what we could see. God is like, no, I see so much more. And so you need to be seeking me, uh, consecrating miles to me because he's my kid. He's mine before he's yours. And let my plans be the ones um, that you're seeking after. You know, one of the things I remember, Becky, in the podcast that you recommended to us, that one of the gentlemen said, I got a word from the Lord for his wife or something. He got Mm -hmm. that word and he was off to the races. And the first thing that he did was the wrong thing. Right. And God Mm -hmm. showed me that, that I I, I give you a word and then you kind of take it and run. But, but no, the, the word is mine. The, the what is mine and the how is mine. I own the plan too. 
And so don't just seek me for the what, seek me for the how, because I have a plan. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, I think it's like makes me think, you know, as we go throughout our day, everything, it's like, okay, Lord, only right. you and what you're doing, can't give this to mm-hmm. you. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, even today I caught myself, there was something that came up with caregivers and I'm like, God, I'm not quite sure. Do You know, do I call somebody else in because she's sick? You know, what, what do you want me to do? And, you know, I finally, after trying to figure it all out in my head, you know, went, all right, God, work, th- work this out as to what is best. And he did. And, you know, so I'm here recording because of that, you know. And so, um, you know, I think, too, we, we look at our lives. I know for me, up until probably the last four years, I made a million and one excuses every day as to why I could not make the space for time with God. Now I went to church, I prayed, I would I would do sporadic, you know, studies and Bible reading and whatnot. Um and I would always say, my excuse would be, well, if I get up in the morning at a certain time, I never know what time John Alex is going to get up. You know, I make it up. And as soon as I start having, quote unquote, a quiet time, well, he's up. And I love, we've, we keep mentioning this podcast that we've been listening to, but we listened to a, the Wild at Heart podcast from John Eldridge. And he, he said, you know, we, we asked his question. He said, the wrong question is, how do I fit life with God into a busy schedule? You know, we look at our lives, especially these moms, we have all these things going on. And it's like, okay, how am I going to fit God into this crazy life of mine? The correct question should be, how do I adjust my life to be oriented and centered around my life in God? And, and that may mean that I have to drop things. That means may mean I have to make changes to do that. Um, but I have found that it's yes. worth it. So Lori, I know you've done kind of that same thing here recently. Tell your journey in that about instead of trying to fit God into your busy schedule, that you've kind of shifted things around to adjust your life to be oriented around your life in God. You talked about having to get up, like getting up early, but I have found that getting up early um, and making sure I had that space and gave that time has, has made a huge difference. Yes, I have kids that show up during that time. <laughs> and, I, and I've been working on training my girls to know, you know, this is, I, I'm reading right now. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I even light a candle just so there's that visual of, hey, that's, this is what's going on. Um, I have one now that just waves at me and as she walks by and then she goes back quietly. I have another one that needs to literally sit at my feet for a few minutes. Um, but I'm like, Lord, you, you know who's in this home. You, you know what has to be involved. So instead of railing against that and getting so frustrated of just being like, this is, this is good for them to see. This is good. This is, this time is absolutely necessary for me. So creating that rhythm in my life of I'm, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it regardless of who else is up and have some, some time of prayer, some time of reading um, instead of making the excuses of, you know, I, I'm, I can't do this. I'm too tired. I have found that the time that I lose quote that I could have been asleep is not as life giving <laughs> as, as that I am up and 
spending that time and abiding in the word and just being in the, in God's presence, especially as a special needs mom, because I can easily get, and I'm going to, there are some mornings where I might get a little frustrated that here comes, here comes this kid. Why are you up this early? <laughs> and getting a little frustrated, but I'm like, Lord, Thank you. Thank you. Said the spec, like inviting him into that, mm-hmm. but trying to invite him into that moment. He knows, he knows these hearts that are in our home, you know, and, um, but I'm just going to k- still keep showing up and trust and know that he's going to keep showing up and he's going to meet me in that space. Even when there's, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm saying this and envisioning when one of my children comes in and literally puts the afghan that I have over my legs, over her head, just to snuggle my feet. Like, what are you even doing? I'm, I'm trying to have time with the Lord. <laughs> oh, but just loving her through that. And any, anyway, that's. She's that's just extra. wanting to be a part of what you're doing. She's just think just, about what, what you're modeling for her. I mean, seriously, well, you are modeling sure. for her because her, you know, her spirit totally gets it. Right. Her, right. Her, her spirit totally gets it. And so I, I think, I know I'm not there and she's not at my feet, but <laughs> I think it's really sweet. So, it, uh, it is sweet. It is sweet. You know what I love it about is. that picture though, Lori, is that you're modeling for her what it means to have time with the Lord. And she's modeling for you what intimacy with my mommy looks mm-hmm. like. And I think that that's what God wants with us. He's like, I want that kind of intimacy with you. I want Mm. you to feel like you can come and take the afghan and put it on your head and sit at my feet. That's what he wants with us. Yeah. And so I think we sometimes, I think that we sometimes lose that as after we, Mm -hmm. after we become adults and stuff, but our kids are such great models of that. This is what that looks like. Come and snuggle. Right. This is what God is saying. Mm. Snuggle with me. Yeah. You know? I love yeah. that. And I do too. That's good. It's beautiful. It gives it a whole different perspective, yeah. doesn't it, Lori? Yes, it does. <laughs> Are you a mom or female caregiver raising an individual with special needs? We'd love to invite you to our yearly event created just for you called By the Brook. In 2024, you can join us live in Cookville, Tennessee, or from wherever you are around the world. For a weekend of encouragement, respite, and time together with other moms who get it. Join us on June 21st through 22nd, 2024. Gives it a whole different perspective, doesn't it, Lori? Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Cassandra, I know you've got three kids at home. You and your husband both work. Your husband's in full-time ministry. So what does it look like for you in your busy life? Um to set aside time for stillness and quiet? What does it look like in your world? Yeah, it's a must have, as we've all talked about, have to do it. I feel depleted or that deficiency if I don't do it. Uh, I think I have it easy though, in the respect that my children go off to school, my husband's at work, so I don't have to be um, at work at a certain time all the time. I mean, I do have meetings, but usually they're scheduled you know, later in the morning. So I do get that time. And I have to find myself saying, okay, Cassandra, you can only, you know, read one more verse or one more chapter because it's, I don't know, you just, you get pulled in and you're just like, Lord, I just want to be with you and forget everything else. Um, But that's not reality either. Uh, So it's much easier when my children are not at home 
but the weekends are harder. So, you know, that time might look shorter. And yes, Lori, I do have the got to join in. Yeah. And I know the frustration of that because you're like, this is my time with Jesus. Like, go sit down, you know. <laughs> um, but sometimes what I've done is just I'll just start whatever scripture I'm reading. I'll read it out loud. And I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. well, you, you listen with me. You know, you hear God's word with me. Um, so that's how I've done that. But yeah, it can be challenging when, when everybody's home. Yeah. Well, Sandy, I know just because I've been friends with you for so long and I've heard your story. I know you are, you have a set time. You, you get up early in the morning. So share about what your time looks like. Um, and so I do get up early for my time with the Lord. And I think I learned that when Miles was younger, when his medical needs were the biggest part of his um, disability because um, a lot of medical needs and Terry was traveling. He was traveling globally at the time. So it was me and my three. Um, And if I didn't have time with God, I think I would have fallen apart, honestly. And so I would have gotten up any time I needed to um, in order to get that kind of that internal support, uh, the mm-hmm. grace that I needed for the day. After I spend time with God, I, I believe that I have grace for whatever the day holds. Um, uh, I think, Cassandra, you said this, when I don't, I feel it. Mm-hmm. And if yes. I feel it, everybody in my household feels yes. <laughs> it. Um, and so... I mean, I used to tell my kids when they were younger, you want me, you want me in this closet (laughs) because everybody fares better if I have my time with him. And so I have time um, of worship and Bible reading and stuff. I think I mentioned this to you, Becky, a little while ago that I have started incorporating in that time, just being still to give God a chance to talk because invariably mm-hmm. I have so much that I want to say, God, this and yeah. that, or what about this? Yeah. And so I'm just like, I actually even started out by setting the timer on my phone. I was like, okay, God, mm-hmm. I am not going to say anything else <laughs> until the yeah. timer goes off because I need to hear from you. Otherwise I'll just yeah. keep going and going. And so yeah. um, I'm trying, I, it's a relationship, yeah. you know, and I think yeah. about, what I do to invest in relationships and how desperately God wants to be in relationship with us. I I think I mentioned this to you, Becky, too, that one time I had been away for a weekend, so I hadn't had my time with the Lord. And so um, I I get up the next morning, I'm running into my closet thinking, oh my gosh, I've missed my time with the Lord. And when I got to the door, it was almost like he was singing over me. I'm so glad mm. to see you. Like, Aww. like you're back. You're back. Mm. And just to let me know that this matters to me too. This mm-hmm. relationship is not just you. It's not you checking off a box. My heart, his heart wants mm-hmm. to be in relationship with us. He's yeah. happy to see us. He's like, mm-hmm. so this is what I picture. God knows Cassandra's about to come in. Lori and De- Becky are about to come in. And he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yay. My daughters are coming in. I get to spend time with my girls. That's how I think he feels. Mm. You know, like he's like, oh, I'm yeah. so happy to see you. Mm. Um, and so because that's how I feel, I don't want to disappoint because I know he's looking for me. I know my daddy's looking for me. So I'm like, mm. yay, I get to spend time with him. 
And I would say the thing is, there's so much grace around this. So like, I think, especially if you're a planner like Lori, Mm -hmm. I think that it's like, it's got to be done this way. If it doesn't get done, then we're hard on ourselves. But there's so much grace around this. And I love how our pastor says, it's an invitation. Mm -hmm. It's not... um, you know, we've got to get up and we've got to do it this certain way. It's got to be at this certain time. There's grace around that. And some days it doesn't happen. Okay, true story. Yesterday, I got up early. Mm-hmm. I'm having my, my time. I'm like closing my eyes to pray. I kept falling asleep, you know, <laughs> and I'm thinking, God, you know, God knows I needed some sleep and it mm-hmm. was okay. And I finally just pulled out my journal. I was like, okay, I need to pray. So I'm going to, I just started writing out my prayer because I was falling asleep. But God, mm-hmm. you know, God, there's so much grace. He's probably going, oh, bless her heart. She is so tired. Just just rest, Becky, because really? he knows that's like, what I go need. Go take a nap, you know? Becky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but in that moment, so, you know, there's so much grace. This is not, I think so often people hear the these things and it's like, oh, it's one more thing I've got to do. But the reality is it brings freedom and it brings restoration to us. Cassandra? Yeah, it what you're saying reminds me of a situation not that long ago. It's pretty fresh in my head. I don't even remember how long ago it was, but I got up that morning and I was feeling very overwhelmed um, and anxious about, about something, actually just some lab results for one of my children. And it's like, I was sitting there to do, you know, quiet time. I'm doing air quotes. Um, and I was like, Lord, my mind just, I can't focus. I'm just, just don't feel great. I feel concerned about this Lord. And I felt like even the words were going to be blurry just because I had so much angst in my heart. And I just closed my eyes. And I remember I laid, I laid toward the left, um, on my, my couch. And I just envisioned laying my, my head upon his shoulder mm-hmm. and just this peace enveloped me. And I just be like silent tears, but I just felt like that I am with you. Like, no matter what's going to be, I am with you. And it's like I had permission to be so honest with him and be like, Father, I, I'm worried. And you told me not to worry, but I am. Can you please help me with this? But it wasn't anything that I had to read at that moment. It was just being with him and um, giving him permission to, to minister to me. And it was just so beautiful because I honestly just felt like I was sitting in his arms in that moment. Mm. So, um, that so is beautiful. Uh, yeah. And so you don't have, it doesn't have to be a, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this. I mean, you had just a moment of just going, going and being still and acknowledging that God was there with you. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to listen to this song. I'm going to read right. the scripture and, you know, saying it uh-huh. wasn't that. It was just that acknowledging that God was with you. And what a difference that made in your life. And, you know, I think there's probably some people who are listening and they're like, okay, this all sounds great. Um, but it's, that's one more thing to add to my plate. That's one more thing I've got. And I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that space. Um, and I love kind of the terminology that we're using in our church now. And I think we may have used the word, but rhythms. It's putting rhythms in your life. It's not that you're adding one more thing on your to-do list, but it's these practices, these rhythms in your life. And so our um, pastor encouraged us to sit down and kind of write out 
what that would look like in our life to have daily rhythms, things that you're going to have in your life that are the dailies, things that that you know that that's going to be part of your journey each day, things that are weekly rhythms and things that are monthly rhythms. And so I sat down and did that in my with my journal, and I wrote out things for me personally, and I wrote out things for our my family, me and John Alex, with John Alex and myself, and so. You know, I think a lot of times we, especially if we have kids who are um, have lots of disabilities, it's like how do we incorporate that them into this these practices, these rhythms? And so I'm just going to give you some examples of what this is. What our daily and, and some people use the word rule of life, which is basically um, a schedule or set of practices and rhythms. It's not rules for life, but it's rule of life, a schedule or set set of practices and rhythms that create space for us to abide in Jesus, love people and grow as human beings on a daily, weekly and monthly basis. So just for example, um, for our family rule of life, our daily rhythm, we start and end our day with prayer together. We're praying throughout the day, but like we start our day with prayer we end our day with prayer. Mm-hmm. Something else we do is there's a great app called Lectio 365. And it's just daily devotionals that help you enter into the presence of God. Well, John Alex and I do that together. We I play it with him. I, a lot of times I'll do it by myself first in the mornings just because I want to have do that earlier on. But then when he gets up, we'll, we will listen to that together. We read scripture daily. We are reading through the New Testament together right now through the Gospels, and that is something that we do on a daily basis. Another thing I put in here, and we haven't been able to do it right now because of weather, but I want him to be in nature. I want us to be in nature daily. For me, that is so healing to be in God's creation and in nature. So that's one of the things. And then we share a time of gratitude together. What are we thankful for? And even though he doesn't have the words to say it, we're doing it together, you know, and and bringing him into that. Um, weekly is that we gather with our, our church family. Our church is called Oaks and we gather with our Oaks family and we um, practice generosity. That's part of just kind of weekly. We're going to practice generosity. And then, I, then yearly, uh, or monthly, we want to have people into our home. We want to have, have invite somebody into our home every month. So that's just to give you an example. This, it's, it's kind of just gives you a platform. They talk about a lattice work so that you have got a frame, a structure on how to, to bring God and incorporate God into what you're doing. Now, are there going to be days that this is not going to happen? Yes, there are going to be days that, Something's going to happen. He's going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. Something's going to happen. It's not going to happen. So there's so much grace for that. But having that kind of plan in place, that structure has been so helpful. What about you all? Do you have anything like that in place that you do as a family? I know we've talked a lot about what we do individually, but what about for your family? What are some of the practices that you have in place? So I will say for Our family um, in the mornings, school days, we do gather in the foyer um, before my husband takes the two to school um, and we pray together as a family for the day. And then at the at night, every night, um, 
we do read scripture together. We do a kid's devotional and we pray um, over different things. But this particular book that I'm thinking of, it, it has prayers in there with, and then in the back has weapons of warfare. So you're actually praying very specific scriptures um, for your family. And our children have come to expect it. And I think it brings a sense of, of peace for them um, and security. And for example, you know, yesterday morning we gathered to pray um, because the kids were going back to school for the first time after winter break. Well, during the break, Joseph um, lost his teacher. She passed away. And so he was returning to school and she was like one of his biggest advocates too. Um, He was returning to school after winter break without his teacher, his Mm. uh, language arts teacher. But we, we did that time of prayer and we were praying specifically for his heart. And then after prayer, he just went to my husband and just laid his head on his chest. And my husband wrapped him in this big bear hug and he just held him for a little bit. And he, But doing that made space for that time um, so that that could happen. So he was ministered to before he got to school. Yeah. So I was just thankful that we had that practice in place um, mm-hmm. over that very special time. They were able to you know, love on one another in that moment. Yeah. So good. Sandy? Um, as a family. So it's just three of us here now. Um, and so we each have our own, Terry and I have our own uh, quiet time. So we each have our own separate quiet time. Um, in the morning, we do devotional time with Miles. And so um, what is it called? Jesus, Jesus something for kids is what it is. <laughs> um, it's a devotional. <laughs> There's one yeah. for an adult. So what is it? Jesus is calling. Jesus, yes. Jesus kids. calling for kids, um, which actually I like better, a little bit better than even the Jesus calling for adults. This is because it just makes it so plain. And so we do that um, um, every day with um, the Bible reading and stuff that goes along with that. And um, Monday through Saturday, I have a list of scriptures for Miles that he kind of reads through the scriptures just so that he can um, memorize some scripture for himself. Um, <clears throat> and then every morning before he leaves, I say, um, this is the day the Lord has made. We're going to be. And he says, joyful, joyful, today, today. And then I'll mm-hmm. say something great. And he'll say, it's going to happen to me today. And so those are his kind of parting words, just because I want that to be in his spirit always. Um, and so we do that at night. I just, um, I was doing, repeating the same scriptures at night, but I just found this declaration that I love and I'll just read part of it. It says, Jesus, I am your servant. You've chosen me. You're still choosing me. You've equipped me. You're still equipping me. Your grace has always been sufficient. And through your astonishing grace, I will abound in every good work. It goes on and on. And so I I made a copy for him for us to read together before he goes to bed. So Lori, what about you and your family? I know just because I've known you for so long, you guys do have things that you do together as a family. What does it look like for you? Well, um, we do, we have, we're kind of in a transition period right now. I'm, I'm loving hearing some of what you guys do with, um, in y'all's individual families, because what we had done, um, uh, our, our schedule has shifted. And so we're not able to do it in the same space. And we're still really in a season of trying to figure out what, what is that going to look like for years We've had, we had a, uh, what we called family night 
and we uh, would spend time in prayer as a family, praying over whatever needs there were in the family, uh, different missionaries, that kind of thing. So we had like a specific evening as a family where that was happening. Like I said, our schedule shifted and we haven't figured out where to place that. But also our kids are in some transitional seasons. Um, So trying to figure out what as as a family is going to fit for a middle school boy typical, you know, an 18 year old sister who still lives at home, but is, is transitioning into a different season of her own life. And then having our two daughters that are, they're 20 and 21, they have special needs. So things are, you know, just at a different, at a different space. So what everybody needs right now, we're in a season of not really sure what as a family, those rhythms need to look like. Uh, we do have them. We, they pray on the way to school, you know, like all of them together on the way to school. And in the evening, my husband is reading through the Bible with our two daughters together. Uh, but I do that separately with our son in middle school, you know, like more on his level. So mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to be like, okay, Lord, what is your plan? What does this need to look like? Um, and instead of being so, like holding on to now this is how we've done it and this is mm-hmm. this is what this yeah. is being willing to okay this has got to shift mm-hmm. what is it going to look like and to trust cuz and this is where it gets hard for me because <laughs> I'm kind of like this is just we're not doing what we always were doing you know and I can get a little bit concerned but to trust that to give it to him, to invite him in. And what, what does this need to look like for our family yeah. right now? Being willing to uh, be a little flexible and mm-hmm. shift. So there, there is family prayer. It doesn't look like it did. Mm-hmm. But what does he want it to look like now? Family stuff right now looks a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yet, it's still in our heart to do. Yeah. And so we just have to wait and say, what is your plan? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. a quote I just heard last week was, and this is so me, don't live a life where God is constantly having to rescue you. Yes. You need yeah. to ask. Yes. You need to a- ask him what he wants. <laughs> yes. Instead of him always having to come. And I feel like that, unfortunately, kind of describes my <laughs> my MO, my default is just forging ahead. And this sounds good. And, I, and this this plan will work. We're going to do this for our family. Mm-hmm. And Lori, I think that's so important to realize seasons of our life are going to look different. And so to not hold so tightly, well, we've always done it this way. Well, no, we can, it can shift. And just like it, I think all of us have would say the same thing. It's shifted and changed over the, the journey. Um, yeah. But it's just that the, the being intentional, being intentional about making the space because it's not yeah. only important for us, it's important for our kids. And I think all of us would say we would not survive mm-hmm. without this. And so friends, I thank you so much for being here and part of this. I cannot wait for the next time we have a conversation. And I would love, you know, we'd love our listeners to send us ideas. If there's topics of things that you would love to hear us chat about, we would love to know that. You can message us on social media, share those ideas with us because um, you know, there's something about hearing other people mm-hmm. um, share about things that we ourselves are dealing with. Like I got so many great ideas from you all, encouragement from you hearing 
what you had to share. And so if our listeners have ideas, suggestions, send them our way. And um, these amazing moms and friends will be back with us here soon. So thank you, friends, so much. Thank you. Thanks, Becky. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.